This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Why don't we start with you, Matt? Why don't you give us a little bit of history of kind of your background, your experience? What brings you to this? What what led you to start the Mashburns Consulting Group? Tell us a little bit of kind of, you know, who are the Mashburns? What is your story? Why should we be paying attention to you uh, today? <laughs> Absolutely. So Melissa and I have been uh, always been very fortunate to serve in ministry together. Mm. We've served on, served on staff at three different churches, ranging from 90 people to 14,000. Wow. Uh, so we've had a pretty wide range of experience. Uh, in retrospect, God allowed us to do that so we could see churches at different sizes. Um, we've been on senior leadership at all those churches, uh, been able to see uh, each church go through really explosive growth. So mm-hmm. we felt like God giving us that experience at three different churches that we felt like we could really go out and help other churches uh, try to find that growth, sustain it, uh, or survive it in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, Melissa, that's a pretty, uh, it's interesting to me that, well, first of all, there's a lot about this I love, and, I, and I'm, I'm super excited to, to dig into this, but uh, it's interesting that you've been serving together. Um, and, you know, my wife and I have always been partners in, you know, in the church. We've never been, you know, together together, like, hey, we're both serving, you know, in the same team. Uh, but I'm sure you have got some interesting thoughts around leading within, you know, leading the church in senior leadership. What's, what's that like together? What, you know, this sounds like one of those questions. It's like, give us your answer on leadership in 30 seconds go but uh, t- you know tell us what what's been that been like uh, leading together in, in particularly in senior leadership be nice um, <laughs> what did you, say? you said being nice <laughs> okay well i will definitely tell you it is not for the faint of heart um but our gifts and skills have always complemented each other so we're uh, enneagram so let me just speak enneagram mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm an enneagram seven so i'm uh, in the enthusiast, the cheerleader, the mm-hmm. rah-rah, and Matt is an Enneagram one. Um, so he's all about system structure, spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm people, I'm people, 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 and he's about process. And so uh, it's actually helped us to cover a lot of ground because our gifts mm-hmm. complement each other in a lot of ways. So he mm-hmm. sees things one thing, I see another. And then when we put them together, we can we can see things kind of, in a whole package perspective. And I think for us, um, working within those gifts and skills together has helped us in ministry, but it's also helped us in our family because we've been very intentional uh, about our health, our mental health, our emotional health. And and so for in our family and in ministry, it's kind of just been a, a tandem team kind of approach all along. Yeah, I love love that. I'm my. Uh, we were talking about this before we went on air. My wife is, uh, she would self identify and say, "Hey, she's a one as well." We were looking at one of these. Um, it was like a bingo card where it has like the you know pick your different things and like her and I. I'm a three, uh, and so if you're not an Instagram person, you can kind of ignore the next twelve seconds here. But I'm a three. She's a one. One of the things that we have, I would say, so we're married almost. So this will be twenty four years this fall. Uh, one of our ongoing conversations is how you put dishes in the dishwasher. I'm like, you just put them in the dishwasher and get it done. Um, that is not the case with her. No. There is a, a way to do that. And that has been, I would say, an ongoing you know, dialogue over the years. And literally, that was like one of the first things. You know, if there's a particular thought on the way that the dishwasher fits. So, and that I wish I had somehow could get that, that thing in my brain, but I can't. So, uh, you know, Melissa, you're, I love your tagline at, at the consulting group is practical solutions for growth. That's like, so resonates with me. That's like, um, I love helping church leaders on the real practical side. Um, why is that such a big deal for you guys? Why is that such an important you know, piece of the puzzle? I think, let's be honest, we can make this super complicated and super technical, but we really believe that people have it in them and churches have it in them to succeed and and to grow. And we just like to come alongside and help them see things a little differently. So whether it is getting the growth engine going, keeping it going, or even like surviving it. So when there's a lot of growth, there's other challenges and things that happen. And so I think for us, we're really big on, let's get very practical on some things that we can do, but we truly believe it's already there. You just kind of help need somebody else to kind of help see it and pull it out. 
Interesting. So um, one of the things that caught my attention about about your organization is, you know, we're heading into a more remote, more digital time. I, I don't think I, I so I do think we're caught. It's like crossing the Rubicon. We're we're coming into a more remote era. And, you know, there are lots of churches that, you know, three weeks ago weren't really thinking this way. You guys are have been on the edge of this for a long time. You do something called remote XP. Uh, Matt, why don't you tell me about what is that? How does it work? Who's it for? You know, how, how do we kind of how are you helping churches with that? What's that look like? Yeah, part of this is my story and why we moved into consulting lane. Mm-hmm. And that is, I'm sure everybody's heard the Pareto principle, 20% of your efforts pretty much yields 80% of results. And I found as an XP that, you know, 20% of what I did really was what I love to do and yielded 80% of the results. The other 80%, mm-hmm. to be honest, I get a little bored. That really wasn't what I felt like I was best at. So I thought, well, instead of doing that for one church, why don't I do that 20% for multiple churches? There's so many churches out there that either can't afford an executive pastor or don't have one in place or for whatever reason, don't have that skill set. And I thought, I love that stuff. So why not be able to help promote or help some of those churches grow? And I find a lot of churches just don't have that brain because that's as, as you would say for unseminary, that is not a seminary uh, skill set. Sure. So I've, I love the idea of being able to come into a church and free up the people that need to be doing other things by providing something that most churches don't have. So some of the things we do, um, we do on-site evaluations, which are a little difficult mm-hmm. to do right now. Um, <laughs> we do Most of that we can do remotely, um, yeah. except for your weekend experience, but actually we can probably do that remotely now. We do, um, I think one of the biggest things I can offer is a strategy sounding board. Mm. Um, a lot of guys, especially in small to medium sized churches have great ideas, but they don't have anybody to kind of bounce, mm. kind of strategize that with. It's more yep. like, I don't really know how to execute this. So that's something I'm really good at. That's something actually what I love the most. Mm. Uh, staff and volunteer training. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot we can do there. We've had a lot of experience with that. Uh, one-on-one coaching for staff. There's even situations where we'll say, hey, you know, you've got a couple of staff members that why don't I just coach them one-on-one as if I were their in-person executive mm-hmm. pastor and maybe help them kind of move to that next level. Of course, metrics and financial analysis. I love that stuff. There's nothing better mm-hmm. than a good spreadsheet. Spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you spread spreadsheets for fun? You know, just yes. let's put some exactly. stuff yeah, he does. for the fun of it. <laughs> you know, right. even little things like vendor contract negotiation, donor yes. development coaching, yeah. Um, even interviewing prospective staff. So there's all those little things that like a lead pastor or a pastoral care guy just get buried in. And mm. I just would love to be able to get them out from behind the computer. They can do what they do well. And mm. honestly, I can probably do it in a lot less time anyway. Sure. Let's dig under the hood there a little bit. Um, so what is that, what does that relationship typically look like? Um, like if you're working say with a lead pastor, um, you know, how are you, are you doing that? Like, is it mostly by phone? You're doing Skype calls or zoom calls or how, how are you actually even just staying connected with, uh, you know, in, in those kind of relationships typically? Yeah, there's a different couple of different levels of it. There's levels yeah. that involve on site, um, yeah. up to twice a month. Obviously I can only do one or two of those, but yeah. I can be, a, be there on site if they want to do that. I go in do a weekend evaluation and then spend mm-hmm. some time with them on Monday or Tuesday, maybe with the staff, do some staff training. Yep. Um, most of it is over zoom. Um, mm-hmm. it's just easy. Um, yep. it's nice and it's nice for them to have a weekly, Hey, I just got some stuff I want to hash through. Yeah, totally. Um, or one of my staff members did something really that I'm going to have to deal with. Can you just give me a little input on this? So mm-hmm. more of a weekly rhythm. And then of course there's a lot of email because there's some analysis and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things we'll talk about later is, you know, there's analysis. You can teach people analysis, but you can't teach them experience. Mm. And I think when you have experience, you can smell yeah. things. Yes. You don't have to do the calculations. So mm-hmm. being able to look at their metrics, for instance, and say, hey, hey, man, there's something going on in your kid's ministry, either good or bad. Why don't right. you poke around there and see what's happening? So so that's mm-hmm. kind of how it works. Okay. So one of the things I, I, so I love executive pastors, I would say the kind of center of the bell curve of people who follow on seminary would be executive pastors. So, uh, you know, there might be some people listening in that are like, wait a second, this guy's talking about remote XP. Is this, he's trying to come after my job here. Like, are you, would you even work with churches that have executive pastors? Is that, is that a thing you do? Yeah. Well, what we do with churches that have executive pastors is try to come alongside them more in a coaching role. Um, and, and there's many different levels of engagement that we do. Um, really, our target audience is like churches in the small to medium size range. That's really my heart. 
-hmm. is those guys that really can't afford, especially can't afford a guy that's got 15 years experience, but mm -hmm. being able to just jump in and help them. But we do XP coaching. I love doing that. Uh, I've got a couple of guys that are brand new to being an XP. Actually, one of them, it's brand new position. Yep. <laughs> so right. being able to come alongside those guys and help them define that and then also get up to speed is something we do also. Okay, cool. So part of what we want to talk today about is really, we're trying to look to the future, looking at staffing, kind of where things are going, team development, all those kinds of things. Um, let's, uh, maybe we'll, we'll start with you, Melissa. What, what do you think about when you think up over the horizon, what does church staffing look like? I know it's, it's a hard question, but what, you know, what, what are you thinking? I'm thinking we are entering a time when we're going to need to make some tough staffing decisions. And even if you have and you are able to take advantage of the CARES Act, which that is amazing, um, yeah. you're still most likely going to be facing some of these same decisions, just possibly a little further down the road. Mm. Yeah, I think that the CARES Act thing is, is very interesting. But I also I was here listening to something the other day. And if every small business and every organization that takes advantage of that does, there's only about enough for about 15 to 20%. So there's no guarantee there. Um, it's a great option, but you know, if you don't get that, you may be making some decisions sooner rather than later. Yeah, totally. We're actually on tomorrow's webinar. We're going to dive into the cares act um, a little more in a little more detail. I, I know there's, it seems like it was like in the last, obviously makes sense in the last 72 hours it was like content exploded on the cares act understandably so everybody wants to jump in on it and you and you should yeah. uh, but we're going to support that um you know tomorrow as well what advice uh you know maybe sticking with you matt to start what advice would you give to xps who, who frankly might be facing some tough decisions i know you know just in private conversations over the you know the last couple of weeks there's a lot of church leaders out there that are that are staring down like oh man like i'm i'm not really sure where to go next um and i may need to make some some tough calls what would be some of your advice yeah that's it's hard because those decisions are probably coming um mm -hmm. either if, even if you get a, a reprieve for, from uh, the cares act it's still probably going to come and i would say there's a few things and we'll kind of go back and forth but I would say the first one is, please, please don't do a golden parachute option. And what I mean okay. by that is don't say, hey, we're going to do six severance packages for six people that take it, take it. Because here's what's going to happen. First of all, you're randomizing your leadership. It's your responsibility to decide who, what, who needs to stay. And second of all, chances are the people that are going to take that are the ones you don't want to leave because they know they can reemploy. It's somebody. got options. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so please don't do that. Please just take the time to make the decision. And now if you're, a, I just saw a business, I can't remember who it was that's doing this and they're offering 10,000 or something. If you're that size, okay. But if you're a church that's got anywhere from, you know, 10 to 80 staff, you know, you kind of got to make that decision. Yeah. I see Boeing's doing that actually. They, yeah. they've just announced they're doing that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we actually have eight things. So I'm, I'm going to go to the next one. Yeah. And so the next thing we would suggest is do it all at once if possible, because prolonged staff reductions only put your team mm. in an extended season of mourning, because just when you finish mourning one loss, another mm. one happens. It yeah. also distracts the team from the mission because their primary mission becomes about their own personal survival. Mm -hmm. And then it also just creates confusion because of the constantly changing job responsibility. So right. we would just suggest do it all at once. So if it's one, 10, 20, whatever it is, it's all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say the other thing is um, you got to sever some well. I mean, we're the church. Uh, we got to be generous. And here I'll give you a couple of guidelines. I don't like giving actual numbers, but here's what I would say. Decide what you think is fair and mm -hmm. double it, mm. um, especially oh, in the situation now where a lot of this is going to be unexpected. I would mm -hmm. say pay their health insurance for the term of the severance, mm -hmm. um, pay for a few counseling sessions. People leaving health in a healthy place are much better for your church and for their family. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, you're thinking all oh, that's very expensive. Do this while you can still make the decision to do that. Yeah. Do it before it's too late. It's and you're like, man, I, I can't do that. I just can't, you know, take mm -hmm. care of them that way. But we want to be more, way more generous than the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd also say prepare a well-written letter of reference to present to them mm. when you have oh, the separation good. conversation, mm -hmm. because it softens the blow. And to be quite honest, it shows that you really care instead right. of just saying that we care and we hope you get it. We want to help you. And you're, you're saying we, we believe in you so much. We're going ahead and giving you this letter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah and then I would say agree on the answer to the why question you're both going to get. Right. Decide what the answer to that's going to be. And that is the answer. I would encourage them, have a couple of people they're going to talk to that are safe mm -hmm. people, but make sure that that they know, make sure you're saying the same thing because people always want to know the real story. You know, what's mm -hmm. really happening. And so what I always tell my people when this happens to me is I'm like, tell them the answer. And they say, well, what if they ask again? Just keep repeating it till they get tired. Right. right. But right. the answer is the answer. There's no backstory. And, you know, yeah. it's just, it's important to be saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you can, as much as possible, celebrate them publicly because mm -hmm. there's so many ways you can do this well, awards, social media, email to the church. Uh, you know your church better than, than mm -hmm. we do. You know, what is the way that your congregation would celebrate them? Even in this season and people know that it's going to happen and it's possible, how can you still celebrate the work that right. they've done? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question yeah, on that say, one. Can we, can we just interject on the, on the celebrate thing for a second there? I think, I think that that's great. And um, do you have any advice on kind of at what level publicly we talk about uh, a transition like this? Assume, you know, a church of five, 600 people, maybe, I don't know, 10 staff, eight staff, something like that. Should we be announcing everybody all at once? Or what, is there, is there, would you have some advice on that? Melissa? Yeah, I would say that's tricky yeah. because it determines, you know, it's based on the size of the church, the level of the position. Sure. I think a lot of that is a feel thing, you know, yep. and, and a public celebrating publicly doesn't have to be bringing them up front and making an announcement. It could be having a right. little reception for them afterward right. or you know, acknowledging it via email so they don't just disappear one weekend. Disappear, yes. Um, yeah, I'm so totally I, I, that's such a tricky question to answer, but I think that's it's yeah. almost like that's one of those gut decisions you have to make. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. and I, I think we would much rather be on, on the up and up. Like we're not hiding anything. Like we're very transparent and, and open. And I think people respect that. They may not agree. They may not like it. They may be mad. They may be upset. They may be, they're going to have all the feels, but they can right. at least respect the fact that right. you've been honest. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Great. I think you said a couple more. I lost count. I think you are maybe six or five, six. somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, get it, get it. <laughs> um, I would say another one that's important that sometimes we forget to have this conversation is just ask them to extend the church the same courtesy that you're extending yeah. them. And I think a couple of practical ways to do that is ask them to find one or two safe people that they can talk to when they're frustrated, that they can vent mm -hmm. with. Um, and then if possible, have them share that with you just so you know if you hear things that mm -hmm. It's not coming from those two people. And then I would say, ask them to stay positive when they're talking to everybody else. There's yeah. no nothing to be gained from negativity. Um, mm -hmm. And if they hear something that you've said um, that they're frustrated with, please come back and talk to me. Um, oh, don't assume, good. you know, I'll do the same thing, but make sure that we have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. And then I guess last but not least, I, I would really just suggest that you invest in the staff that you keep. And there's so many ways that you can invest in them. A big thing for, for us is big proponent that we're fans of is coaching. Like I have been incredibly blessed over the years from some of my coaches, Jenny, Katrin, Katie Cole, Allie Worthington. They've been invaluable to my leadership. And I know Matt has had some great coaches over the years as well. So invest in some coaching time off. Uh, to take care of themselves, their families in this new normal, because guess what? The new normal is going to keep changing mm -hmm. for a couple of months now. Uh, another thing I keep hearing a lot of lately is counseling benefits. And, and I think mm -hmm. that that is huge, especially now. Families are trying to deal with this internally. They've got little people around and, and their kids and, and even teenagers. This is hard to, to process. And Absolutely question I keep getting from, from a lot of ministry leaders is I'm supposed to be caring for my flock, but I'm struggling with everything that's going on too. So, you know, giving them some space for that boundaries, extra grace is needed in this season. Mm -hmm. um, and then even support groups. So for the women on your staff, I lead a fantastic group on Facebook called Ministry Chick. And currently we have 2,200 women from all over the world, from all walks of life and ministry experience. And we just kind of get in there and just encourage each other, share ideas. We have little webinars and things that we do there. And then last but not least, let's not forget about the ministry spouses in this season, particularly the ministry, the pastor's wives 
This is a group of people that are in the thick of it, but not really in this discussion a lot. And so they need a safe place to process, exhale, uh, kind of exhale. And, and so I've been getting a lot more calls from pastors' wives and even the pastors themselves looking for something for their wives in this season. So don't forget supporting the women in your church and the, the pastors' wives in this season. Yeah, I love that. I, I um, you know, in a past transitions, I've um, have all, and you talked about that. Just underlining one piece that I found really helpful ha- has been to provide transition counseling. There are people who will provide services to people to help them make the jump to the next thing. So it's like resume help and you know all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, setting aside a little bit of money to say, hey, we'll pay for a portion of that or we'll pay for whatever three sessions of it goes yeah. a long way. And it's a practical. And there frankly, there are people in our churches who are working in our churches like, well, the last time I filled out a resume was like I was a freshman in college or something, right? And I'm like, I, you know, I was joking with a guy this week who lets literally his um, you could tell we're friends because we're making this joke. He's he was like, yeah, I think the last time because he literally started at the church as an intern in college. He's been there for I think 27 years, wow. and so he's like, I don't know. And I said, well, first thing, take out your old resume. I'm sure you've got like your junior high awards on there, and like your you know that job at McDonald's. Leave that on. And so, um, anyways, so I think we're heading into a new normal, right? We're heading into something. Um, you know, one of the things so a friend of mine, Kerry Newhoff, I love that he's saying, he's like, you know, this change is, ex- or this, what we're experiencing, experiencing is accelerating change. We're coming to a new reality. I think this is true on the staffing front. Maybe Matt will throw to you on this one. How, you know, what do you see in kind of some alternatives on the staffing side, um, that might come down the, that might be coming down to the pipe. I think a lot of times we're stuck with like, this is just the way it's always done. We hire full-time staff. We make that happen. Are there other things we should be thinking about creatively in this season? Mm. Yeah, I, I think with everything that's happening, there's an idea that I've been watching happen over over many years. And I think this current situation is going to move that forward much quicker. I think it's going to kind of put it in the microwave um, mm. because we're more open to people market, working remotely. Yep. And mm. we're going to have to make financial decisions. We're going to have to figure out ways to save money because finances are going to take a hit. Regardless of how good your church is, the economy is going to take a hit. People are losing their jobs. I heard today, last week was a record-setting unemployment sign up yeah. this week was like double that. Um, yes. There's so many, I mean, in Florida, they've blown up our unemployment system. You can't even get on, you can't even log in. So I yeah. think one thing that I would like to see churches really look at is something that businesses figured out a long time ago um, was to possibly look at getting people in on board that you can rent instead of buy. I think churches mm. often get caught up with, I need to buy everything. I need to purchase. We purchase mm. staff. And a lot of times there's things that a paid staff member doesn't necessarily need to handle. There's things that you could have contracted out. There's a lot of times that you're bringing people online. Um, a lot of times we bring people online because they're available um, right. and they happen to be good at something we need right then. And as time goes on, we realize maybe this is not a good fit. Um, the nice thing about having people that are on a contract basis is there's no permanence to it. Um, so I really think churches are going to be moving more toward this idea. And here's an example. We, we do this already in our personal life and we don't even realize it. But when your air conditioner breaks at home, mm-hmm. you don't then sign up for an air conditioning course, go <laughs> take the course, buy a whole bunch of books or call your teenage son in and say, by the way, I know you got a lot to do, but now you're going to fix the air conditioner. Right. Because as we know, teenagers and tools, not a good thing. That's not what you do. You call an air conditioning guy. He comes in, he fixes it for a lot less than your time would cost. He does it right. He does it well. Mm-hmm. But on ch- at church, a lot of times we try to either do it all ourselves, um, or we put it on somebody else who's not good at that, and they have right. to go try to figure it out and end up not doing it very well. So I think there's a lot of room in the church world for us to really look at how can we staff ourselves more flexibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Melissa, why, why aren't we doing this? So why, why is this, it seems, cause I would agree, this is a, you know, we see this in other industries and I think there's a, um, there's a whole bunch of people who actually want this kind of role. They're not necessarily wanting to like, Hey, I want to work 80 hours a week in your one thing. They might want to have, you know, a couple different things or so why, why do you think the church world has been so slow up until this point um, to adopt this idea, Melissa? 
Um, I think we've tried for so long to become an expert in an area, uh, whether it's enough to oversee something or we give one more thing to our staff members because we don't want to add more team, whatever our mm. metrics are with the, the church governance and we can only be at this number. So then we keep piling on stuff to our already. Well, we pile it on to the people that are already getting it done because they're already getting it done. So mm-hmm. let me just add one more thing to their plate. And it, you know, then if they're not getting it done, then it's just, it just becomes a little maddening or we hire somebody specifically to do like one thing. Like I need Mm -hmm. a communications person and I'm going to hire them. They do it, they get it set up and we kind of think, oh, well it's done because they set it up. And then we try to find another place for them, even though they're a communications person and we put them in the wrong place or we just completely ignore it until we have, like Matt said, with the AC, a mold problem because we don't have an AC in our house. So I I just think that we've taken a lot longer to adopt what the business world has already been doing in Mm -hmm. in bringing in experts and other people to do the things that we may not need to have on site. I I do like that you are using air conditioning. That's like gives me hope, you know, in my part of the world, I'm a couple months away from turning on my air conditioning. So I I appreciate that you're, you're using air conditioning as an example. That gives me hope for summer. Uh, This morning. Yeah, I I know it's oh yeah, don't rub it in. I don't, you know, the thing I say, I have a good friend of mine lives in Sarasota where, and I'm down there usually a couple times a year. And, and, uh, he, this time of year, he loves bugging me. I never hear him talk about his weather in July. Never hear him say anything about that. You know, (laughs) we don't go outside in July. Yeah, we go to Canada. Yeah, right. Exactly. So Matt, what, so this, I, so first of all, renting staff, can you define that a little bit? And, and what would be some of the benefits of that? Why should our churches be thinking about that as we look to the future? Yeah, when we talk about renting staff, we're talking about things like contractors, um, experts, consultants, um, Mm -hmm. people that can come in and address a specific issue or a specific area. And I think there's a lot of benefit here that we forget about when we think about, well, I kind of like to have somebody on staff. And I'll I'll just go through a couple of them if that's that's okay. Absolutely. Um, I think the first one is you only rent what you need. Mm. You don't have to commit to somebody long term. You don't have to make sure they have something to do after they finish the project. You only rent what you need. I think another huge one, no benefits, no vacation pay, no sick pay, no payroll taxes. Mm -hmm. So when you're comparing what it costs, you really got to compare the whole package because I know for me, a lot of times my additional package costs were maybe 50% of my my, what my salary was. So that's a big number. I think another one is if you want to make a change and you set up situation right, there's a natural end of the conversation. It's called a length of contract. Right. So there's no awkward conversations. There's no severance. There's no emotional damage. There's no collateral mm-hmm. damage. It's just a, hey, thanks. And we'll give you a shot if we need you again. Yep. Yep. I think you get exactly what you pay for, which would be a caution. Mm-hmm. And remember, mm-hmm. you get what you pay for. Um, so <laughs> look for references for sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's three things that a, that an expert, a consultant, a contractor bring in that we don't necessarily have all the time. One is what I call fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, they see things we don't see. Yep. How many times do you walk past something and don't realize it's there? And then somebody points it out and you're like, how did I miss that? How have I walked um, yeah, totally. yeah. They bring fresh perspective. Um, they see things objectively. Um, when we talk about making these decisions about who you may need to let go, who you may need to lay off. One of my biggest suggestions is bring in somebody objective. Because if you try to do it, the emotions will mess up your decisions and they will kill you. Mm -hmm. Um, They will just destroy you. Um, And I would say fresh energy. A lot of times, I don't know if you ever heard the story of the penguin. Uh, There's a, there's a flock of penguins and they don't really do anything. And they bring in a penguin from another flock that's very active. And he, he gets in there and all of a sudden they're all very active because this new guy is like, so bringing in a new penguin kind of excites people. It gets them, gets them fired up. And then just a couple of last things. Um, I hate to sound callous, um, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to coddle a contractor, a consultant, or an expert. You can save that energy for your church. You Mm -hmm. can save that care energy for your church. One of the things I kind of mentioned earlier is experts smell solutions. Mm. Training can teach someone to look for solutions, but only experience can help them smell it. I always say Mm. I can teach analysis, but I can't teach experience. Yep. So I can teach you how to analyze financials. I can't teach you that I can kind of look at them and I can smell pretty quickly where there's a place we need to look. 
Yeah. Um, and the last one is uh, no drama. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I think, you know, and even on that, even in these days, a part of, I've, I found myself, so I'm in that weird age bracket where I'm like, I've been leading long enough that I don't feel like an old leader. You know, 20 years doesn't feel like that's like an old leader, right. but I don't feel like a young leader either. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I've been at this, I think in that weird middle ground. And, but I have found myself speaking to younger leaders about like the days post 9-11 and how, you know, those, this, this has felt like that. It has had that kind of, but, and, you know, and there's some hope in that because that was a season, right? We, you know, we, we moved on, it went, moved to a new normal, a new thing, which is a part of the experience. I know a lot of thing about ex or consultants or coaches or contractors, you know, a part of that, I think churches sometimes struggle with that because they just assume it's going to be really expensive. Uh, I think because you're buying an outcome, you're saying like, usually you're saying like, this is, we're buying some piece, like we need you to do this thing for us. And that can be just really expensive. Can it, Melissa? Like, isn't, isn't this going to tax our, is just another way for us to, you know, kind of spend a lot of money? What, isn't this an expensive solution to think that way? I think you can look at it both ways. I think, yes, I think yes and no. I, the reality is, is they do coaches, counselors, consultants, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. They do cost more than an average staff member's hourly rate or salary, but there's no other, like Matt said, associated costs. There's no benefits, taxes, sick time, vacation, severance. Um, and since they're specialized, it usually takes them less time to kind of get in and perform a task or a project. And honestly, our big thing is if the, the consultant or contractor doesn't pay for himself or herself many times over, you might have the wrong person or the wrong right. project. So yeah. a finance consultant should be able to save you more money than it costs you to, to spend them. A marketing person should be able to help you increase your attendance and engagement. A web graphics, I mean, graphics, web and all of that, we've that's seeped into the church world a little bit. And, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's transforming church for churches that don't have uh, graphics people. So it's already paying off huge dividends. And even one that I always kind of thought was a little bit out of the box, but I can see the benefit of it now is like payroll, accounting, HR services uh, can protect you from a lot of liability. Um, so it might even be worth it just from the intangible benefits. So mm -hmm. it's just about making sure that it's the right people, the, the right project, the right ROI before you pay someone from the outside to do it. Okay. So I'm going to push I'm a little bit of devil's advocate here. I'm going to push back. Uh, so I think one of the things, the reasons why we hire staff, there is an availability issue. We hire people because we want to be able to, we used to say, walk down the hall and see the yeah. person. Now it's like, I want to be able to call them or zoom call them or whatever at any time. And usually, you know, my experience has been coaches, consultants that they don't, there is an availability issue because they've got their time spread among lots of people, which is understandable. Isn't it just easier? Maybe Matt will throw this to you. Isn't it just easier to hire staff because of that availability issue? They're there. We can just, you know, pick up the phone and call them right away. Yeah, absolutely. It's easier, but it's a good stewardship. Mm, sorry. No, um, you should be down. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, sorry. I'm a one. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's good. I always, yeah. when I hear that word, I, I really triggers me into uh, evaluating effectiveness or investment. Mm -hmm. And I think as XPs uniquely, um, our, one of our main roles is to protect the church. Um, and that's in a lot of different ways. It's financially, it's legally, it's all that type of stuff. But I think we're the first ones that have to say, let's make sure we're doing what's best for the church, not necessarily for the staff member. And that sounds a little harsh, but mm. somebody has to say that. And I think, yeah, it's easier that way. But I think we miss out on not only some financial wins, but also on some creativity and things that bringing in somebody from the outside would be. That's good. I, uh, I appreciate that. I know. Um, so I do think the thing I, uh, this is a fascinating conversation. I'm glad we're in on this because I do think we are in for structural changes around hiring. And I think this is one of those things of all our churches, everybody who's listening in today should be thinking clearly about, um, you know, I, I think we're currently, a lot of churches are in the zone where we started, which is like, Hey, we're thinking about, you know, I, I'm needing to cut my staff or I, I need to, you know, we're in kind of the the initial wave of that. And really I would caution us to be thinking, okay, where are we going next beyond that? Let's yeah. not just make that initial conversation, but let's do the kind of two or three steps down the road. What does the recovery look like for mm -hmm. us? 
Um, and I think what we're talking about, you know, from a, you know, today and is a part of that, I think for most churches, frankly, that are listening in, I think we all should be thinking about how are we structuring our teams differently? Um, you know, the, the world's changing and actually, you know, on that point, that point, Matt, when you think about leading, you know, you've led a lot of teams, you've been in a bunch of different environments. What are, you know, kind of thoughts that you have around kind of team leadership? Are there some things, some principles we should be thinking about kind of reminding us in these days of some things as we're uh, continuing to try to lead in this, this, um, you know, time period? Yeah. I mean, I'm a big advocate of coaching. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a little bit self-serving, but I'm a big advocate, mm-hmm. advocate of coaching because I believe that um, unless you're an expert in everything, um, you shouldn't be coaching your whole staff because they're going to hit your lid. Um, right. And one of the things I've always had is I've always made sure I had staff team members, which has made me successful, that knew more about what they were doing than I did. Oh, it's um, so important. You know, I don't know how many times people they got tired of hearing it. They would repeat it back to me. They come in my office and say, we're having this problem. And I would say, well, what do you want to do? You're the expert. Mm. I'm here to help you hash it out, but you're the expert. And I think we need to make our people experts. And a lot of times that's providing them a coach because there's training available and training's great, but training's not two way. Um, Having a coach which you can call up and say, man, I'm really running into something here um, is important. So uh, one other thing I would throw out is um, just for us in particular, when we talk about leading, we have to talk about how we're managing ourselves and, Mm. Many of us are having to do things, especially if you're at a smaller size church that maybe you're not good at. And maybe mm. there's even some of our own stuff that we could give away so that we could be more effective. You know, what are the things that only you can do? Um, I had mm. a counselor one time. I went through a pretty severe season of burnout in early mm. 2017. And he looked at me and he said, you have to do what only you can do. And I and he's like, mm. now repeat it back to me. And I said, So I have to do only what I can do. He goes, that's not what I said. (laughs) He said, you have to do what only you can do and let everybody else do the rest. And I think sometimes as XPs, we tend to be, I used to call myself the miscellaneous pastor. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Army knife. Yes. Um, Yes. So I, and I think we, we don't have to give into that. I think sometimes we can say, all right, I have this particular area and I'm just not really good at it. I'm going to bring somebody in to do it so I can do what I do better and lead my team better. Um, and I guess the question I would pose is, what is the most important thing you do that you shouldn't be doing right now? Mm. Because See, that's, that's a great important. question. Um, but if and whatever that is, find somebody else to do it. Yeah, I particularly in this season, you know, one of the things I've joked in another context that, you know, you see these like it's like ads on Facebook and stuff floating by like or or people even just commenting like, oh, like, you know, look, you know, um, how do you. Um, how to get work done or how to stay motivated in this season. And I'm like, I don't know who these people are that are like not motivated. I'm like, everyone I talk to is like running 18 hours a day right now. Like, I don't know somewhere there's, there's somewhere there's actually someone sitting on their couch. I'm not sure who that person is, but they're, they're out there. Um, So yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's a good word around asking, Hey, what is it that I'm doing in this season that actually now is the time for me to give it up? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's something more important for me to focus on. That's a that's a really good, that's a wise word. Um, so we're going to take some questions. If you've got questions, please feel free to drop them in the uh, the chat box and we will get those, you know, around anything we're talking about, kind of new staff models, where we're going, you know, specific stuff around your church, that kind of thing. We'd be happy to, uh, you know, to jump with those. I've actually got one. I'm thinking about the church, an average church. Maybe I'll throw this to Melissa. Um, an average church, maybe 500 people, and you know they're gone through a bit of a rocky season. They're not. They're sitting today saying we're going to survive. We're down a little bit. We might have to contract our staff a little bit, and we would like to add some sort of contract consultant. And you know we want to add to our team beyond this in 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 a different way than just hiring people. What would be some of those areas that would jump to the top of your mind as like that would be an area I would look closely into maybe hiring someone to come in to help um, in a kind of contractual, you know, a, a coach or consultant sort of way for that, that size church, what would be the kind of thing they should be thinking about, Melissa? I love that. I think there's a lot of things that you can do in this next season. The first thing I would do is just really take a good inventory of your team. Who, who's still mm. there? What do they do? What are they good at? What, what are their strengths? What are their giftedness? Um, and then really kind of look at all the seats on the bus, you know, what, what's missing, what's working, what's confusing, do the whole shebang. And I think having somebody come in and even giving you an outside perspective 
in that way, okay, I don't know if you know this, but this person is a star and they're being totally underutilized. So having somebody come in and do that. And I would also say, if you don't have a communications, this is church communications is huge huge right now, especially because people aren't coming to the church. So getting the message out is extremely important and it's not a um, volunteer position anymore. Yep. Does that yeah, make sense? No, that's good. That's good. Anything, Matt, you'd say on that too? Like if you were thinking about initial positions, I, I think that communications ones is a huge piece that, you know, um, actually I just talked to a church sometime this week. It's all blurring together. Who One of their first moves was actually to increase their communication staff. They actually hired a video guy, hired another graphic designer because they're like, that yep. we know that we're, we're now across the Rubicon. We're in a new world. We need to do a better job on that front. Um, Matt, any other areas where you'd see, again, in that church, maybe 500, somewhere in that range that they should be thinking? Yeah, I would say really probably in a church of 500, you don't really have, you know, a finance, a systems expert, an HR person. Mm-hmm. I would have somebody who could handle that stuff. You probably can't really afford to have a full-time person who can really handle all that. I try to outsource some of that. Um, Like we said before, the HR, payroll, that whole area has a lot of landmines in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of churches get in trouble because, fair enough, they don't have time to read all that stuff. Um, So I would really encourage a church of that size to really kind of think about outsourcing that stuff. It Mm -hmm. eliminates liability, and it's probably stuff that you don't have anybody that's really good at or maybe doesn't want to do. Nice. So you could see why I like the mash burns because I threw them a softball question where they could have easily said, you know, what you need to do is hire a remote XP <laughs> here now. And they, they didn't even go there. So, which is, uh, again, that's why I love them. Great. Uh, you know, great. We do have a few questions that are coming in, but before we do that, I am, um, you know, my own experience per- personally as on the, on the XP side, on the lead team side, I found frankly, when we hired um, external experts, coaches, consultants, when I was on that side of this relationship, um, frankly, I found it was a shortcut. It was a, you know, we, we could move faster in that direction yeah. with an expert at our team and, and literally just went through this. I hired a peer of mine, Jenny Katrin, who's killer on um, some planning stuff. And I had her lead our team through and it was, you know, it was a significant investment. It's not like, a, oh, this is just a few dollars. It was, you know, I, you know, we paused before you said yes. <laughs> But you know what? It I first of all I I told her, um, you know, it was uh, like ended up paying off in spades. It was like why like that was like the, became the easiest money ever we spent because of just how quickly we moved through this process and what a great job she did. And so, um, you know, just to encourage you, friends, you know, you should be maybe thinking a, a different way. So a couple of questions. This one's from Carol. Caroline, I think, or Carolyn, sorry if I butchered your, your pronunciation of that. Uh, so the question she asked was, uh, and I'll leave this to either of you, we'll see who can go first. Um, how do you, how would you suggest someone transition from being on full-time staff at a church to maybe being a contract ministry position? So I'm assuming th- they're thinking about, hey, how do we make this jump to be an expert in multiple churches? How do I go from being kind of, I'm used to being in one location to helping, uh, you know, many churches in this, you know, in a kind of role like this? What would you suggest? Yeah, I would say if you can do it slowly, um, mm-hmm. I would talk to your leadership of the church and say, you know what, this is something I really feel called to do. Would you be okay if I started taking on a couple of clients? And the, the return for you is I'll reduce, you know, what you're having to pay me and kind of do a phased, um, mm-hmm. a phased approach, because I think that helps you establish it. We moved into this full force and that comes with some stress. Um, but I, I'm really, you know, one of the things I would encourage people is to really think about kind of what I went through and maybe you can make a larger kingdom impact by doing mm-hmm. the 20% of things you do well for multiple churches. Cause I think a lot of us are going to have to do that. I mean, right. we were already becoming a gig economy. That's about right. to get a lot more, more prevalent for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to jump on that just real quick. Cause I, I think there's something to be said for the church as well. I think it's it's uh, the big C church that wins when a local church sees the bigger picture of allowing one of their team members an opportunity to help other churches. And so yeah, I, I think that it's there there that local church is investing not only in in Caroline or the individual, mm-hmm. but they're investing in the other churches. So it's kind of like church planning but with staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very good. Another question from Caroline. Uh, this one I think is a, is a pretty honest question. How do you know if your position is the one that should be outsourced? What would be some of those telltale signs that like, oh, 
maybe what I'm doing actually would be better by someone who would invest 20% of their time uh, in, you know, in the thing that would make it great. Any, any kind of thoughts on that? I'll go. Uh, one thing. Go ahead. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's a, some natural uncomfortableness of some of the things that you're doing. If you're doing things that aren't in your, in your, we're big fans of Michael Hyatt and all the quadrants mm-hmm. and all the things. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're spending a lot of time in your position doing things that are not necessarily in your wheelhouse, that's a good time to ask the question. I know he's going to take a different angle, but from a people person, this is, you know, as a seven, I'm all about if it's not, if it doesn't feel right, if it's not Move working, on. I got to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to let the one speak. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I guess actually mine's not that much different. Um, I would say if number one, the easy one is if you're not busy. Um, mm. I think if, I think you really have to look at what's out there. So just go online and see, can what you're doing be done by somebody outside? Maybe you're very specialized and maybe that's not really available. I know before I started doing this, there were a few people doing remote XP. They called it different mm-hmm. things, but there wasn't a lot of that out there. And that's part of the reason we wanted to jump into this niche. So I think kind of looking to see what's out there, which also might lead you to an opening to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, Jason asked a question. I'm going to throw this one to you, Matt. Uh, what would you say are the financial markers that you would use or be thinking about when you know it's time to reduce staff? So, you know, churches are looking at kind of their current uh, financial situation. What would be some of those kind of tripwires that would start you thinking, mm, we, we need to be looking at cutting back? Yeah, the biggest one is, is what your reserve needs to be. Um, and here's what I say about reserve. Everybody wants a magic number. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to tell people, Uh, back in the business world, when they would invest, I would say, you should take as much risk as will allow you to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. I think a reserve should be as much as it allows the leaders to be able to sleep at night. When that starts to become in jeopardy, you have to make the decision. Unless you know something's going to happen to keep it from going under or being restored, you've got to make the decision then because you still have the margin to do it well. Um, And in our, what's happening now if your reserve is starting to become in jeopardy, you better start making a decision because it's not going to get better right now, unless you're a very unique case. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. So question, uh, maybe we'll throw this one to you, Melissa. Uh, what are your thoughts on having, it's kind of talking about a, like structure of the leadership team, kind of how we, you know, how we pull a church, you know, leadership structure together. What are your thoughts on having two to three lead pastors who are specialized in, in you know, areas versus kind of, one super senior pastor, Joel didn't say that, but I said that one kind of, you know, the, the superhuman senior pastor who shoulders all the weight. I might be showing my bias from, you know, from the beginning, but what would be your thoughts on that, uh, Melissa, when you think about kind of that senior staff role? I think that's a very interesting way of um, dividing and conquering. I think mm-hmm. it allows people to work within their giftedness. Um, I have not seen it done super well. I think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a unique group of two to three people that are going to make this team and make it make it work. But I think with some honesty, some transparency, being able to, to say that Matt and I always talk about saying the last 10 percent, um, having that would certainly help alleviate some of the stress and pressure from the one person having to make mm-hmm. the decisions all the time. Yeah. And if I can jump in on that, I love yeah, teaching teams. Mm-hmm. I don't like multi-headed monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's fine, but ultimately one person has to have the final say. Sure. Um, and I, you know, I don't care what type of business you're in. Ultimately that's going to happen, but I love the idea of getting creative about how to use people's gifts together. Um, but something like that also requires a lot of chemistry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I served in a church uh, for a number of years that where we had a four part lead team and the founding and teaching pastor, he would say the way he would articulate it was, well, we're all together. We're co-equals. We're, we're, we're making this thing happen. The three of us knew we reported to him that he was the person in charge, but uh, that was a good dynamic that actually worked out because it was like, you know, he was deferential, but then at the end of the day, we all knew uh, you know, 
it's our job to follow him and you know and, and that's a fine thing and I, I think finding that leadership balance is yeah. is critically important we're um, we're gonna wrap up here in a minute just so we make sure we've got uh, you know enough time at the top uh, you know before the top of the hour but if people um, maybe we'll throw to you Melissa if people want to track with you first of all I would encourage people who are listening in you need to get connected with the Mashburns. they've got lots of great stuff going on but how can people track with you what can they do to kind of stay connected with you beyond uh, today's uh, Skype call or, or whatever we're calling this webinar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to connect. It's super easy. You just go to practicalsolutionsforgrowth.com mm -hmm. and then you can schedule a free 30 minute consultation. Uh, and then just give us, it, it just gives us an opportunity to kind of talk through some options for you. Or you can also just email us if you have a question. Um, we, we know that there's a lot of things that maybe people won't ask right now in the webinar or they're watching later or now they've kind of processed some of the things. And right. um, so, and we're going to get those, those eight things out to you, Rich, so that they have Perfect. those. And then we've also got like a handout that we're working on, which is mm -hmm. some questions to kind of flesh through some of the things we talked about. We want to make sure that you hear us on this. We love the local church. This is why mm -hmm. we do what we do. And, and mm -hmm. we, we love people in ministry. Mm -hmm. We've done this for almost mm -hmm. 20 years now. So we yep. know what it takes. And so we just want to make sure that that's heard that it's, it's for, we're for the local church. And we know that this is not an easy conversation that we're having. Um, hmm. So we just, we want to make sure that, that everybody hears the heart behind what we're saying today. Yeah. And I would say just to add to that on the 30 minute console, our goal in that is to give you something you can use. It's not mm -hmm. to sell you. I mean, if you decide you like us and you want to bring us in, that's great. But our goal would be to give you something you can use, and then hopefully we've made a difference. Honestly, we we got into this because we want to help churches. Matter of fact, one of the things Melissa says to me all the time is, "You got to stop giving everything away because you got to make some money somewhere." <laughs> um, but we got into this to help churches, so you know that's our goal. Is I don't we don't spend thirty minutes telling you about us. We find out about your church and say, "Hey, here's something you could use." But hopefully, in that thirty minutes, we can give you a step forward in whatever you're facing. Yeah. Friends, remember at the beginning of the webinar, I said, you got to stay tuned till the end. Well, this is the reason why. I, so this is amazing that you guys are saying, hey, we'll jump on the phone. We'll we'll do like a 30-minute console, you know, help you with problems. If you're listening in uh, either to the live or to any of the replays, I would do that. Drop by practicalsolutionsforgrowth.com uh, and, you know, you can set up that call. Come, I would suggest, and hopefully this is not pushing the buttons too far for you guys, but I would suggest you come to that with a question. Come structured mm -hmm. like, hey, here's a situation that I'm facing in my church. I guarantee you, uh, you'll get the cost of admission to this webinar back. <laughs> I guarantee you that it'll be a great uh, experience for you and a chance for you to get another voice, to get a strategic outsider who will help you with that. So don't just call and be like, well, hey, come with like a, this is the situation. This is what I'm facing. Help me with this. Um, it would be a great opportunity for you uh, for sure. Listen, I really appreciate Matt and Melissa. I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being on uh, today's webinar and, and helping. Anything else you want to say just as we wrap up today? Um, it's been fun, man. This is great. We love this stuff. Um, we love, we love what you're doing, me especially, because being an XP, um, but we love to being able to do this stuff. And this is what gets us charged up is being able to help church, especially in a season where churches are going to really be struggling. And we just want to be a part of making that easier for them. Nice. Yeah. Well, Matt, Melissa, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being here today. And uh, thanks, friends. Thanks for tuning in. We've got one more. Uh, and then we were, uh, this is for our like kind of daily webinar series. We're not, we're going to get back to kind of regularly once a week po podcast and all that stuff next week. Um, at least that's what I'm saying at this point. We'll see. Um, but, but that seems to be where we are. But I appreciate uh, you listening in and tuning in, being a part of this journey. Again, thanks so much, Mash Burns. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Awesome.